welcome to the San Francisco War Memorial Opera House and the San Francisco Ballet Meet the Artist program. I'm Cheryl Osola, a writer for San Francisco Ballet and editor-in-chief of Dance Studio Life magazine, and I'm delighted to be part of this program, which is produced by the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. Tonight, Friday, February 4th, 2011, I have the pleasure of chatting with Corps de Ballet member Daniel Baker. Thanks for being here tonight. Thanks for having me. The Meet the Artist interviews are available via podcast, so I'd like to welcome our podcast listeners as well. Uh, these are available at our website, sfballet.org. And if you nose around on the website, you might come across our, the company blog, which is called Open Studio 455. And if you like all the behind the scenes sort of stuff, that would be a good place for you to take a look. So uh, Daniel Baker is new to the company this year. And he uh, comes to us via Miami City Ballet. He was born in Newcastle, Australia, and he trained at the School of American Ballet in New York City. In 2006, he joined Miami City Ballet as an apprentice, spent a couple of years in the Corps, and was promoted to soloist in 2009. And then he made the leap to the West Coast, and we've got him. So, why don't you start out by telling us a little bit um, just about how you made that leap. How did you get from Miami City to here? Um, well, as I hope all of you know, San Francisco Ballet is known as a world-class company and every dancer dreams of being in it. So um, I was just attracted by the the diversity of the repertoire and the diversity of the dancers. So although I had it uh, pretty good over there, I just wanted to check it out uh, to give myself the chance to grow as an artist and expand my repertoire. Got it. And you're starting out this season with a really important role in Giselle, which is Hilarion. Um, and that, that role uh, is a really big acting role. And just in looking over your rep at Miami City, you didn't do a lot of acting roles there. So can you talk a little bit about what that was like for you? Um, well, I, I have a, a big Balanchine background. So to be thrown with this role in my first year, I was really surprised. I'm like, what? Is that really for me? But um, you know, some things that aren't comfortable and aren't for you are the most beneficial things for you, and that's where you learn and you grow the most. So it was quite, um, quite a challenge for me to, um, you know, uh, learn how to portray a character because it's uh, a lot more difficult than it looks. For example, um, w when we're doing a character role, we have to slow it down um, so it reads from the front. But the hardest challenge is to make it look natural, while um, you know, slowing it down and making our gestures bigger than normal and waiting for the, you know, the response while making it musical, while trying to be as natural as possible. So that was the, the biggest challenge. But uh, I've had a lot of help and a lot of great coaching here by the principal dancers and the artistic staff's great with the coaching, you know, giving you ideas, concepts, and 
you know, just trying to help you um, find your own character, you know. So do you have a, a, a favorite moment in Giselle as Hilarion? Um, I love the mad scene because, you know, there's all these um, contrasting ideas if, uh, you know, whether Hilarion's a bad guy or he's just one of the peasants in love with Giselle. And uh, as the story unfolds, he, he really is suspicious about Albrecht, so he's out to get him. But then I don't think um, he realized the, the consequences his actions would have. And during the mad scene, there's also, a, although the focus is on Giselle, there's also like a beautiful moment where Hilarion like uh, realizes that maybe it was his fault. And then, you know, he starts to feel guilty and that's when the story changes. And dramatically, that was, you know, my favorite part. So. so when you were talking about slowing things down and making it read to the audience, you're, you're pretty much talking about a lot of the mime sequences. And yes. Not, when, when is that completely new to you? Uh, completely new. So it's not like we're having a conversation. We have to try and make it look natural while doing it like half time because it takes a few seconds to read from the front. So learning all the tricks of the trade was very beneficial for me. You know, I had a great time with the role. Great. Um, so since we don't know too much about you, why don't you tell us how you got started dancing and you know the whole saga. Uh, okay, <laughs> it's a long story. So I was about three years old, uh, came from a little country town in Australia. Um, my sister was in ballet and after she, after class, she would get candy. And I was so jealous at three years old that my sister would have candy and I would cry to my mother. And she's like, well, you didn't go to ballet class. <laughs> you don't get any. And I was like, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. And she's laughing at me. And she's like, oh, you really want to go? So I went and she was thinking, oh, he'll never last. So I got my candy and 20 years later, I'm still here. <laughs> the only difference is we don't get candy now. <laughs> no, not anymore. So at, at, at what point then, I mean, three is pretty young, at what point did you really like the dancing for the dancing and not the candy? Uh, that's hard to say. I was also a soccer player. Um, you know, sport's very big in Australia. So I... I you know, people would, you know, make fun of me for doing all that. But um, I had a lot of talent as a soccer player, apparently. They wanted me to play for my state and then eventually country. Um, but they didn't realize that I was getting the speed and the coordination from ballet. So it got to the point where they made me pick between soccer and ballet. And I eventually picked ballet. And then... Um, I moved to boarding school when I was 12 for dance, and I just had a dream to move to America to dance. Um, you know, I was really attracted to the School of American Ballet, and I told my mom I wanted to move to New York, and she just laughed at me, and she's like, yeah, right, keep dreaming. So I went behind her back, and I made an audition video, and I sent it off, and a few months later, they offered me a scholarship, and I went out to my mother, and I was like, um, so you know how I told you I wanted to go to New York? but I was too young and I'm not mature enough yet. She's like, yes. I was like, well, I'm going next month. They offered me a full scholarship. So, and then I 
just took off from there. That's an incredible story. So, so why did you target the School of American Ballet? Uh, I mean, it's an excellent school, but were you particularly drawn to the Balanchine aesthetic? Well, actually, I think it's funny now. Um, at the time, coming from a small town in Australia, I actually thought it was American Ballet Theatre because I was trained classically because you know, I didn't know much then. Um, but I, I auditioned at the San Francisco Ballet School and the School of American Ballet. I got accepted to both, but the only reason I could go to the School of American Ballet was because at that time, uh, San Francisco Ballet School didn't have housing, which now I believe they do. So that could have been different, but now I'm here, so I have no regrets with the path I chose. So, so you were at the School of American Ballet, which was George Balanchine's school yep. that he founded with New York City Ballet. And then you went to Miami City Ballet, which is um, run by uh, Edward Villela, mm -hmm. the artistic director, who is a former New York City Ballet dancer. And now you're here under the direction of Helgi Thomason, another New York City Ballet former dancer. So there's a Balanchine thread going on here. Yeah. And uh, is, is this just chance? Uh, it may be, <laughs> but you know, I feel very fortunate and blessed to um, have been coached and worked with three of, you know, three major dancers and influences of, you know, Balanchine's golden years. So I've learned a lot from all their coaching and I feel lucky to get that now while they're still here. And now the new generation um, is taking off. Uh, my biggest influences at the School of American Ballet were Peter Boll and Nikolai Hube, who are now the directors of Pacific Northwest Ballet and the Royal Danish Ballet. So it was just um, all the connections you make along the way. It's just great. And I never, coming from a small town, I never would have thought we'd get this far. So. If you're just joining us, I'm in conversation with Corps de Ballet member Daniel Baker. So, um, What's, what's most rewarding to you uh, about ballet, and, and when did you know that you really wanted to make it your career? I don't think I can answer that. Okay. I've never really thought about it too much. But you go through stages, you know? Whereas um, when I moved here, I, I thought um, I was overwhelmed by the audience appreciation in San Francisco for the arts. And um, that was a defining moment where I was like, if you're having a bad day and you, you know, maybe one day you don't want to do it for yourself, but then receive that satisfaction from you guys, that's one thing. But then there'll be other days when, you know, you're doing it for yourself or, you know, but there wasn't one defining moment where I'm like, this is what I'm going to do or, you know, this is why I do it. But okay. I just love and need to dance, so. Well, and you don't just dance. Now, in 2009, you got a grant from the, um, let me get the name right here, the New York Choreographic Institute Fellowship. So um, that was while you were at Miami City Ballet. Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit about your interest in choreographing and how that whole thing came about and what it actually entailed. Um, well, um, Basically, when I was at the School of American Ballet, they would have choreographic workshops, and I've always been interested in choreographing, so I would uh, create pieces. And, um, you know, I was encouraged by Peter Martins to keep on going and keep on working at it. 
because it's not like a ballet dancer's life where, you know, you go to ballet school, then you audition, you get into a company. To make it, to make it as a choreographer, there's no set steps or way of going about it. So the New York Choreographic Institute uh, was founded to help um, aspiring choreographers um, to you know, nurture talent without the expectation of a big world premiere. So it was kind of like a learning tool for young choreographers and uh, choreographers like Christopher Wielden, Edward Liang, who had a piece in the gala this year, and Benjamin Millipied all came from it. Um, so, yeah, I won a grant through Miami, which was a great learning experience again, just to develop, you know, my skills as a choreographer. But right now I'm focused on my dance career, but that's something I want to do uh, down the line sometime. You mentioned Peter Martins, who is the, um, actually his title is Ballet Master in Chief at New York City Ballet, same thing as the Artistic Director. Um, so, so the, the piece that you did uh, through this grant, was this done sort of in a workshop setting at uh, yeah, in New York studio. City Ballet, or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and what sort of a piece did you do? Uh, it was an abstract contemporary ballet. How many dancers? Uh, I was 10. Great. So, um, is there anything, anything or any person that you would say influences you or inspires you in terms of choreography? I wouldn't say one person in particular. I, I like uh, a wide range of choreographers and there's something you can learn from each. So I just, you know, you take a little bit and, you know, there's certain people that have definitely influenced me by working with them, like uh, Balanchine Robbins and I have a strong connection with Twilight Thought. Um, so, you know, just all the little things that shape you. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned something uh, about Twyla Tharp, a film project that you did with her? Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to work with Twyla Tharp a lot, and I went out, I was invited out um, in September to do a PBS special of one of her pieces that will be airing in the spring. Is that Dance in America? Yeah. Great. Do you know when it's going to air? Uh, sometime in the spring, that's all I know. Okay, great. Yeah. So, um, even though the season here is just beginning, you've already toured with the company, and, and so you've already danced um, Helgi Thomason's Prism and Yorma Aylo's um, Double Evil, um, Balanchine's uh, Stravinsky Violin Concerto, and Yuri Posikov's Fusion. Uh, what else do you have coming up this season that people can look for you in? Um, I'll be doing Symphony in C, Artifact Suite, uh, Helgi's uh, Nana's Lead, Balanchine's Capellia, um, I'll be doing The Little Mermaid, I guess. Um, you know, we do so much here, it's hard to keep track, like one day at a time. It sounds like uh, any time you come, you'll see him, so you're, you're good, yeah. Um, so is there, any particular choreographer whose works you haven't had a chance to dance yet that you would like to? Who's on your wish list? Uh, William Forsythe. And you'll be doing, doing that here this season. Yeah. That'll be Artifact Suite. Anyone else? Um, 
not really. Okay. Like we do so much here, it's all um, artistically fulfilling, so it's not like I, I wish to do anyone else's work really. And and at Miami, what were some of the some of the roles you did that really stood out for you? Uh, I did a lot of the contemporary rap, uh, like the uh, Robbins, Paul Taylor, Twilight Thought, and most of the jazzy Balanchine stuff. Not so much the classical stuff. When you say jazzy Balanchine, you would mean like like uh, I tapped like <laughs> in Slaughter on Tenth Avenue. Okay. Um, Balanchine's Who Cares, that kind of thing. Uh, Daniel actually is performing tonight, which is unusual. Usually our guest for the Meet the Artist is a person who's not going to be on stage. So we'll probably cut it short just a little bit tonight. So I think I'd like to go ahead and open up to questions at this point. Um, so if you have a question for Daniel, just raise your hand. Yes, sir. The question is, is your sister dancing ballet? Uh, no, she's a teacher. and. Um, she writes for a dance magazine. Yeah. Yes. What's a typical day for you when you're going to be performing? Um, well, let's take today for example. Uh, I, w I get to the studio around 9.30 today to warm up and stretch. And we had a class at 10.15 where we, you know, train our bodies to do what we do. And then we had about three or four hours of rehearsal of upcoming programs. You know, we had a rehearsal of Artifact Suite and Mr. Thomason's new work. And then, you know, we have a few hours off to go get dinner and shower and rest before the performance. Then we'll be back here around 7 to warm up and do hair and makeup and signing and stuff. So squeeze then, in an interview. So 9.30 to 10 at night, I, it, it's, it's not easy. Yes, sir. Who decides who gets to dance which ballets? Um, it's normally either the artistic staff or the choreographers that are coming in or the repeters that come in to teach or stage the ballets. Did you say quote? What's your favorite quote? That's I think his mind one. just went blank. <laughs> I don't really have one. That's a good Never quote. Never been asked that before. Any, uh, yes, back there. Ah. <laughs> uh, what do you think about the movie Black well, Swan? What do I think? Or, or what's, yeah. what's the talk among yeah, the we've company? All seen that. Well, there's definitely been mixed reviews about it. And, you know, the ballet dancers, uh, you know, even they, the critics all have different views on it. And, um, you know, there's a lot. I think, I think that he's going to withhold his opinion here. <laughs> yes.
Okay. Um, oh boy, mine just went blank there. What was? The <laughs> oh yes. How realistic is the level of competitiveness depicted in Black Swan? Well, I think there's competition in every industry, but because uh, we're all performing, we're all competing for the same roles. You know, there's going to be a little bit of competition, but you know. Um, it's, it's not as bad as the movie depicted, you know, we still are mature professional adults, so, you know, you don't get much of that, but personally, um, you know, some people are naturally more competitive than others, or, you know, some people are more easygoing with that sort of thing, but it just depends on the person, you know. So the second part of the question was how about Natalie Portman preparing um, for the role. Don't uh, quote me on this, but I believe she had um, ballet training when she was younger. And I actually know um, the, a g the girl that coached her for the role in New York, and she worked pretty hard on it. But I, do, I don't think you can just you know, learn to dance at that age, but I do think she did pretty well. Yes. What role will you be dancing tonight? Um, I'm going to be a peasant tonight, <laughs> but I'm, I'm being thrown in for someone that got sick today, so I wasn't supposed to be um, on tonight. Yes. How do you choose music when you're creating a piece? Um, sometimes you just hear a piece and you're inspired by it. And, or other times you love a piece of music, but it's not danceable. So it just kind of chooses you, you know? <laughs> I Wh which piece of music did you use for the piece um, on the grant for? I, I took the score from Schindler's List for part of it. And then just used various composers for the other. Anyone else? Yes, sir. Have you danced any Mark Morris um, pieces? No, not yet, unfortunately. You probably will here. <laughs> yes. How did you handle the teasing that most boys get growing up training in ballet? You know, I. I mean, you put up with it, you know, you go through it, but now, you know, um, I have no regrets. I look back and, you know, it's easy to feel sorry for them now, but, you know, that would be petty, but, you know, I, hand, I handled it pretty well. But I think that, in a way, uh, fueled my determination to move so young to New York and make something of myself. I think we have time for one more question so we can let him go a bit early. Anyone else? No? Okay, well, thank you. So oh, you, there is one. All right.
So she's wondering just how dancers kind of get into the roles and whether it varies from dancer to dancer and role to role. I say that again, sorry. Uh, she was referring to uh, the character Natalie Portman mm -hmm. plays in Black Swan and, and becoming completely obsessed with, yeah. this, with this role. And she just wondered how typical dancers handle this. I hope not quite that well, bad. Well, that, that, that was over-dramatized. But for example, uh, you know, I wouldn't go to that extreme. But you know, there's certain things we do to get into character. And we shut everything out to get into character when we're preparing or warming up. But, you know, that's a <laughs> It does seem to pretty much vary from dancer to dancer. Thank you so much for coming tonight. Uh, and I'd like to remind you to please check out the website, sfballet.org. And we'll see you next time. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you.